We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. The most common idea is find a category and jump in, whereas I'm, I'm, I'm never trying to find a category, you know, uh, but that, that's the difference between a, whatever, uh, an entrepreneur maverick and, you know, everybody else, I guess, you know, everybody else is looking, looking for the, for the pond they want to jump into. And I'm jumping out of the pond heading somewhere else. That, that's why I haven't used the, you know, the categorized terms. Well, that's because you actually live beyond labels, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Hi, welcome to another edition of Beyond Labels. I'm Dr. Stina McKella here with my favorite co-host, farmer Joel Salatin. And today we're actually going to talk about the label of regenerative agriculture, because I think most of us have actually been duped by this label. It is not what we think it is. And now the USDA is funding big ag in their efforts to become, quote, regenerative. Which, Joel, that's our first clue, that regenerative may not be what we think it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the truth, Cena, is that uh, that, that all, all of these words, all these words, I mean, you know, I, I lived through, you know, the the sustainable, everything was sustainable. And then the, the big tech, you know, co-op is sustainable. And then it was uh, organic. And then the big tech uh got organic so then you know the new one was regenerative and and, and so you know um th there, there's never going to be a time when big tech doesn't try to co-opt 
whatever whatever words um that we you know that we use to try to differentiate there's this you know it it's a constant it's a constant tension between uh trying to differentiate and then trying to um whatever you know trying to glum on trying to glum on to the differentiation so yeah yeah that's exactly it's exactly what we've got and uh and i'm not surprised yes so most of us i i bet most of us think of the labels as like it starts with conventional right and that's the one that you they can use gmos they can use um, chemical spray and they do they can use biosolids, which we've discussed, which is like a liquid slurry from CAFOs, for instance. They can use all that in conventional. So it would start with conventional. And then the next best thing would be organic, right, on this continuum, right? Because uh, organic, it doesn't allow the, the biosolids. It doesn't allow the GMOs. It doesn't allow uh, most pesticides and herbicides, for instance. And then on this continuum, we would go to regenerative which is what most of us would say is beyond organic, right? And we think of it as like, this is a, um, and this is how it's marketed, that it's a climate change solution, um, that it is beyond organic, that they're like regenerating the soil, right? So there's this real misconception about it. And what actually, I've been, I've been actually redefining this continuum so that it makes more sense based on what we see in practice. The continuum is probably this, conventional, to regenerative, to organic, to <laughs> beyond organic, or as you would call like ecologically, um, you like to call it like ecologically raised or ecologically grown. And that's the terms that you've used in the book. So I think that is the actual continuum. And now I'm gonna talk about why I think that's the actual continuum. Yeah, and, and you know, the reason, the reason I've used uh, those terms is because I, I just in all my books and all my writing, I, I have refused to just let myself get um, whatever get uh, co-opted by whatever the, the 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 word du jour, you know, the word of the day is. And uh, and I I just find that here's what I find that as soon as a word becomes the orthodox word, you know, the the mainstream orthodox word, it it, it creates a category. And then, uh, and and then we, we get, and and as soon as soon as you have a uh, a mainstream category, there's no conversation because people assume they know what it means, and so it shuts off the conversation. So I so so you know years ago I invented the term you know salad bar beef and pastured poultry and all that because these are not mainstream terms, and and they they simulate a conversation. Well, what's that? What's that? You know. Uh, and, and so, so I've done, it's interesting how it seems like the, um, the most common idea is find a category and jump in. Whereas I'm, I'm, I'm never trying to find a category, you know, uh, but that, that's the difference between a, whatever, uh, an entrepreneur maverick and, you know, everybody else, I guess. You know, everybody else is looking looking for the for the pond they want to jump into, and I'm jumping out of the pond, heading somewhere else, and yeah. uh, and so that that's why I haven't used the you know the categorized terms. Well, that's because you actually live beyond labels, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Okay, so what are you so what are you finding, Cena? Okay, so here's a quick rundown of what I have found. Okay, that 
the the motivation behind regenerative was not the same as the motivation behind organic. Okay. Organic, from my understanding, was largely crafted to focus on the soil health, the fertility of the soil. Um, regenerative, it's actually marketed, like I said, as a climate change solution. But according to um, the Real Organic Project, they put on this great symposium. They talked about how um, it wasn't actually created to address climate change. It was actually created in the Midwest to decrease costs. Okay. And the way they wanted to do that was they wanted to spray less chemical. So they came up with this idea if they didn't till, they wouldn't have to spray as much chemical. So what the bottom line is here between the difference is that both organic and regenerative agree on certain, what I would call positive changes. Those would include using cover crops, using livestock, to, you know, to increase biodiversity and whatnot and using crop rotation. The difference, the main, one of the main differences stemmed around the tillage. So organic would accept tillage over the chemical spray. And we're not talking about plows, right? We're talking about mixing the first like four to six inches of the soil by turning carbon underneath the soil to create, you know, turning plants into the soil to create the carbon. Whereas well, here, here's the, yeah yeah here's the thing people have to understand um, uh, that that if you're if you're going to raise a if you're going to raise a a a specific annual crop not a perennial not a perennial but an annual you know this is something that you're going to plant a seed for barley wheat oats corn soybeans uh, watermelons squash uh, cucumbers okay if if you're going to plant and, and I'm using those because um, you know, there are, there generally, you know, when we think of, of uh, garden, of garden, vegetable, garden, produce type stuff, we're thinking in terms of, of a little garden, but actually if you go to the main, well, I was just in Florida last week and I saw, you know, a uh, hundred acre fields of watermelons, you know, being picked. Uh, and so, so if you're going to grow a hundred acre field of watermelons, you somehow, you have to kill the weeds, kill the side. You have to have a a clean seed bed, or it just gets taken over by weeds. And so, do you do that through through stirring through stirring the ground? You know, uh, on a garden scale, you'd hoe. On a grand scale, you'd you know you'd run a, a tractor with a cultivator through some sort something that would stir the soil. Versus, do you use a broad spectrum herbicide? And, and, and so, I'm just trying to bring people along here that if you're going to, uh, if you want to plant carrots in your yard, somehow you've got to, you've got to get rid of that sod. You can't just throw carrot seeds on the sod and have them grow. You've got to do some sort of, of seed bed preparation. And so that's what we're, just, that's what we're talking about here is how do you, how do you get that seed bed preparation so that you can plant a crop and obviously scale Scale has a lot to do with this. You know, if you're just doing it in a, in a little garden scale, you can use a spade, a broad fork. You can put down some cardboard, let it sit for three or four months, a, a, a tarp like JM40A in Quebec, uh, uh, and let the, let the worms till it up. 
uh, you know, we've done that. We've, we've done uh, the Paul Gauchi back to Eden, you know, put on a, a like uh, 18 inches of leaves and, and chips, let it sit for a year. Again, you know, let, let the, let the worms dig it up. There are numerous ways to do that, but you can't, you can't do that on a hundred acre watermelon field. You can't do that on a, on a thousand acre uh, cornfield. And so, so things, you know, the, the practices uh, as a, as a practical matter, the practices have to change when you scale to, you know, uh, uh, a commercial scale stuff. Yes. And so um, the organic, as we, as Joel just so eloquently explained, they would rather use like, you know, the, the, the tillage, not from a plow, but just tilling the top of the soil over spraying and regenerative would rather spray than till, right? And I think most of us actually don't realize that, right? Because like Joel was saying, regenerative has become a big misunderstood buzzword because big media got involved at the behest of the big industrial interest, right? And so now we have all these big players that are claiming to be regenerative, like Bayer Monsanto and Syngenta and Cargill and Walmart. Like Walmart committed to change 50 million acres of, you know, their land to regenerative agriculture. Right. And, and that's why that was a red flag for me. I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, what? well, well, what's, what's happened? I think, I think the, uh, the genesis of this um, is also a part of that, that the, the term regenerative uh, kind of was the, was the next permutation from what was called conservation agriculture. So, you know, so we, we kind of had this, this, um, this sustainable, sustainable words, which was real early. In other words, there, there was a, there is a, um, an industrial agriculture thread, green thread, if you will. And then there's the, there's the more aggressive, the, the outside, the, the outsiders, the outsiders grabbed the word organic early on. Uh, Rodale came up with that word back in the back in the uh, whatever fifties, and and um, and and so uh, Rodale basically invented that word, but but those but that was always the outliers. The conventional was you know uh, uh, conservation tillage, um, and then you know sustainable and now regenerative. So you have kind of two parallel. You have you have the outlier verbiage. And then you have the 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 more uh, you know in, industrial verbiage, and um, and and so the you know the the industrial the industrial was always looking for terminology, um, and 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 felt felt like they they couldn't use organic because it was always it was always the the outliers. It was never a USDA, what I call the US duh. It was never a US duh. Uh, um, you know, accepted word. So yeah, your, 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 your evolution of the terminology is exactly right. It was, it was, it was conservation tillage, then sustainability, then regenerative. So that's why the herbicides in, in conservation tillage, it was all about replacing the plow with herbicide um, and, and sustainability, the same thing. Thanks everybody for listening to this uh, podcast with us beyond labels. If you like this, share it with your friends. And we look forward, uh, Cena and I, to visiting with you on our next Beyond Labels podcast.